And so, uh, Kev, mm-hmm. do you stand too close to the razor there on your head or what? No, man. Just fucking keeping it high and tight. <laughs> you don't like it? What? What's going on? <laughs> it looks like you had a bit of a pig shave there, boss. A pig shave? What the fuck is a pig shave? <laughs> Holy shit, what's this now? This is some kind of fucking Metis, Saskatchewan horse shit that I'm not aware of. Pig shave. You never heard that one before. No. Stop shaving pigs. First it's the fucking curds, and now it's the fucking pigs. Just leave people alone. Horrible people. Pig shave. Oh, you're a very silly man. Oh, that's so funny. Oh. Fucking hell, that's hilarious. That's, I, I actually, uh, I'd kind of forgotten about the term here, but I'll. Uh... <laughs> it's tickled you no end. <laughs> well, I, I just forgotten about the term. So, <laughs> oh, that's just so damn funny. I don't know why I find it so funny. <laughs> Hello, queenies, genies, meanies, and let's be honest, very few teenies. Thanks for coming back to the Dumbest Queen podcast on the interwebs. This is the show where Kevin gets to be right, Randy gets to be wrong, yet still finds more supporters for his ridiculous causes. Strap in, strap on, and tune out. We are talking Queen. Brand new angle, highly commendable, Seaside Park with you. I'm not giving you a kiss. Hey, Kevin. Good evening, sir. How are you? Well, not too bad. How are you doing? I'm okay. You're you're holed up in a, I believe, a boutique hotel now in uh, in Winterpeg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I just want to tell you a little quick little story. So, before we got here, we uh, were staying in uh, the Radisson Hotel downtown Winnipeg. And uh, for anybody who doesn't know, Winnipeg's a, just a little, right around 900,000. So, you know, I guess if it's uh, if you live in an area where there's bigger cities, but around here, that's a pretty decent sized city. And so I arrived and I took the elevator up to the 25th floor at the Radisson. And I look out upon the vista of glorious Winnipeg <laughs> and I hear something and I can see something. And what I heard and saw was Cheap Trick playing from the 25th floor. Uh, they're playing the the flame, which if you guys don't remember that song, that's a, a, a an oldie, uh, debatable whether it's a goodie or not. And uh, and then I heard them play "I Want You to Want You" or "I Want You to Want Me," sorry, yeah, and a few others, uh, and that was it. And so that was my uh, introduction into the lovely rock and roll. And I should I should add that that Winnipeg has a great illustrious uh, uh, reputation as being a great rock and roll city. And uh, so far, it's lived up to its name. So now I say all that to say uh, that the, uh, the the hotel was musty and some of the rooms had mold. And so we did, in fact, leave to this uh, little boutique, hell, boutique hotel here <laughs> on, the, uh, on the river in downtown Winnipeg. Nice. I mean, Cheap Trick, though, man. And I, Cheap Trick are a good band. I've always oh, liked a lot of their stuff, you know? They've been around since Jesus was a boy, too. So, well, I think they're still recording new albums, too, right? I think they're still kind of 
at it full bore. Like, I don't think they've sort of stopped writing. They're not sort of in greatest hits more. I think they're still, you know. Well, and why wouldn't they? Yeah, 2021 was their last album um, in another world. Yeah. No way. Love it. Madness, man. Dream Police and Surrender? Come on, man. Those are fucking great songs. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, uh, they got some super cool tunes. Live at uh, Budokan, I don't know how you Budokan, pronounce yeah. that. Yeah, that was a, an amazing album. And yeah, yeah, so here I am. Here you winter, are. Winter Pig, Man, It's Frozen, except I will say that it's not frozen yet. Yeah. Uh, though it is it is windy, but these are the prairies. And uh, do you have any do you have any excitement, Kev, to share with our uh, fine fine listeners? Um, I mean, I built my back step. I rebuilt my back step. I got wow, that done. That, that's pretty cool. That's you know, pretty cool. so I, I actually did something with my time off. I'm in the, th- the third of three weeks off. What I've mainly done is sort of think about podcasting and do creative stuff and not really get anything done. Well, I got one thing done, mm-hmm. so it's done now. And it's amazing when you take apart stuff that people haven't built properly and you think, why in the name of fuck would you use a quarter inch, but like diameter lug nut that's six inches long that goes into a fucking two by six where clearly the there's no thread in the wood because it's that long. It's just, I was like, Oh my God. So yeah. So that was fun. I was cursing the idiots who built the deck before us. So, Well, there you go. Hey, carpenters are just, you know, they're just in it for the money, Kev. I'm not sure if you knew that or not. They don't give a fuck about your step. <laughs> all right. Well, what are we here for, Randy? We're not here to talk about, um, talk about all that kind of nonsense and winter pegs and, Productions that you're currently, you know, the the rock star lifestyle that you're currently enjoying, working on set, <sighs> and the the, the sort of the razzmatazz and glitzy lights of Winnipeg. What are we here to do? <laughs> the glitzy <laughs> lights of Winnipeg. <laughs> uh, isn't isn't it called Hollypeg? Isn't that it's the center of the <laughs> the, it, the Canadian? It really is, and it really is. And I will tell any of the uh, people listening who like Hallmark movies. Uh, lots of them are shot here, uh, so that's really the the mark of uh, genius. Anyhow, I will say that uh, what we do here, Kev, is we listened to songs recorded by this small little indie band uh, out of England, uh, named after the monarch, and uh, then King. after that, is it called King? No, the oh. the the previous monarch. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Liz, yeah. It's called Liz, the great band. And then we just uh, we just bang on, on and on about it. Uh, then we vote. It's all sort of uh, it's all sort of pointless and and needless. Yet 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 we do it, and uh, and we like it. And we're here. And I, people enjoy it. You know, we we found a, we we built a or kind of tapped into a wonderful little community who like to talk to us. And sometimes they tell us off for being wrong when they feel we're wrong. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're very very supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. last week we talked about the song "Let Me Live" from Made in Heaven, and as always, mm-hmm. we threw mm-hmm. a poll up online to see what everyone else thought about it. And we guessed, we tried to guess how that poll would turn out. Do you remember, Randy, what you voted on this one? I pro- I'm guessing that you don't because you never do. I absolutely do not remember. No, you thought that this would be thirty percent in favor, 
and 70% mm -hmm. against. And I thought that you were being too kind. So I went 25-75 <laughs> and was absolutely blown away um, by the poll results, which were what? We have Champion at 43.7 and Biting the Dust at 56.3. Yeah. I'm surprised. I got to be honest with you. I'm quite surprised. Are, are you are you surprised, Kev? Stunned. Absolutely fucking stunned. I mean, I was more confident in the other poll that I put up, which is, you know, is it cheese or fromage? What, which is best cheese or fromage? Which we were mm -hmm. debating at the end of, you probably don't remember <laughs> that either, at the end of the last episode. <laughs> and it's come out overwhelmingly um, in favor of cheese. So there we go. The, the big issues of the day are being resolved right here on the Seaside Pod Review, folks. <laughs> we really are on the cutting edge, aren't we? Look at the cheese cutting edge. old-fashioned, I'm a knife man. You might call me a fuddy-duddy, but I like it. It's unpredictable. You always start out. You're thinking, well, this cheese cutting's going excellently. Oh, yeah. It just passed the halfway mark, and the cheese takes over. <laughs> Uh, All right, well, so Queen Rocks Australia says, I once heard a reviewer say Made in Heaven was compiled from table scraps. This is table scraps. Not a bad song. It has a decent melody, and it was great to hear Rog and Bry sing lead on a Queen song again, but it sounds more like a Brian solo track than Queen. Thus, it is dust. There you go. <laughs> nice. Here, uh, Rob Hatton, uh, really just to the point, fuck this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Point, point made, Rob. 15, love, Rob Hatton. <laughs> Bryce, he says, with the exception of Freddie's vocals, the Graveling Rogers voice, verse two, and the amazing sounding gospel choir, it's a duster. Also, love the injections you guys now put in, Monty Python, etc. Brycey. So yeah, so I throw in little snippets of bits of silliness here and there, and I don't know, they seem to be being quite well received. Now, again, I'll, I'll just thank um, Sean McGinnity. For that because I, I stole that idea from his brilliant podcast, um, Sean Geek and Fast Rat. So thanks again, Sean. I knew I should have taken that left coin at Albuquerque. Stephen Ursel says, I disagree with almost everything you said about this song. <laughs> Gospel was fine for 1976. Queen had never been restrained by songs fitting in. Uh, the problem may have been that it's too similar, uh, but not as good as STL Kiff. Somebody to love. Somebody to love. Still an excellent song and one that stands out on Made in Heaven. And Stephen, you know, you seem like a wonderful person, but I, I just really couldn't disagree more. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't disagree more either. I mean, I get what he's saying. And there was a couple of comments back and forth with Stephen on, on another thread. I, I think we were saying that it doesn't really fit with 76, but I think that's more sort of in the way they did it on Made in Heaven. Sure, yes. you give it the date, the racist treatment, and you have the boys doing the, the 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 choral parts. Okay, maybe it would fit a little better, but I still don't think it. I just think it's not a super strong song. And would you replace anything on Date the Races with that song? No chance. Yeah, yeah, and we had heard lots of people, uh, or I guess we're going to get to it, but lots of people are saying, well, you know, those backing vocals are great, and blah 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 blah, and well, yeah, of course they are, but it's just not. It just it's not. It's not Queen, it, or to me, I should say, it doesn't sound like Queen. Uh, Paul Wobbyoff says, just uh, a bites the dust compared to the whole Queen songbook. However, I think it suits Made in Heaven uh, album well as part of their final featuring Freddie. And, you know, I suppose it does that, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, 
Borarama. The, the, the thing is that it suits Made in Heaven, and that says more about the album than about this song to me. So I'm, I'll just leave that there. Okay, yes, leave it alone. Well, and I should say too that, you know, if we go and look at the ratings so far, we've done four songs from Made in Heaven. Um, Let Me Live, I Was Born to Love You, Heaven for Everyone, Too Much Love Will Kill You. And mm-hmm. the votes or the polls from people, they're overwhelmingly negative. You know, for those of us who are vocally saying, I don't love it, we are in the majority. So everyone else, eh, you know, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Um, Fit Life Photography, Ruddy Rutherford says, I am simple with my scoring method. I either like it or don't. I firmly believe that 75% or more Queen tracks will be champion for me. There are songs I detest, however, but very few are meh. This song is a rare meh. Therefore, it's a duster for me. Meh, there you go. I'm with you, Ruddy. Uh, Alice's dad says, uh, and that's our good buddy, old Barry John Williams says, there's something about this song. Is it the best Queen song ever? Nope. Not even close. Is it body language? Nope. It does just enough for me not to dust it. So champion, if only for the fact we get Roger, Brian, and Freddie all together. Yeah, so there's that nostalgia factor, and I get yeah. that too. And that's what I commented on, because I've reposted the poll just to see if, we wanted, if we've missed anyone who hadn't voted, but... And I can't remember, was, I think it was... Um, it was Stephen Ursel, maybe, who sort of called me out, because I'd said that, I think... The upvotes, I think they are leaning mainly on nostalgia. And I, I, I do think that. I just don't mm-hmm. know what people are seeing. And it's just objectively what people see in this song to upvote it. But I'm um, Leighton Brown. Top Leighton says, I was tempted to upvote it purely to fuck with Kev's prediction. <laughs> don't hate it, but it is far, far from being anywhere in the same postcodes as a champion vote. So Leighton voted it down. But hey, I just want to say, yeah, I just want to say thanks, Leighton, uh, for giving Kev the gears at any possible opportunity you get. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. And uh, the Cardinal is, uh, you know, I'm on your side. The Cardinal is pleased. The Cardinal is pleased. Uh, Blagpie says, uh, what the word dystopia was invented for, dross. The only <laughs> downside of your Brill podcast is it throws up <laughs> cacks like this. If the song had a mind of its own, it should rename itself I Want to Die. <laughs> Shameless cashing in on a base, desperate for more Fred. Unforgivable. Yeah, well, so okay, there's a that's a pretty biting, a pretty biting uh, assessment, but uh also one that I I agree with. <laughs> <laughs> throws up i mean cack like this that's a you know it's a good name for a podcast that <laughs> where you just review you only review shit songs <laughs> well hey kev i know you've only got three or four podcasts going maybe you should start <laughs> cack like this <laughs> yeah maybe i'll maybe i'll think about it maybe i'll think about it maybe i'll drag maybe black pie can co-host with me um dieter <laughs> at my chameleon day says i like this one maybe it's a bit overblown but i guess under the circumstances this was the best they could do with this fragment of a song and I like that all three singers are in this one. I may be relieved of my queen card today, but I voted champion. Hey, I, this is nowhere near polarizing enough for you to lose your queen card, Dita. Um, and I no. think that's the problem is when you write things like this is the best they could do, that's not good enough for queen. You know, yeah. if, if it's just the <laughs> best you can do with what you've got, it's like, well, maybe don't bother them. Yeah, yeah, there you go. 
uh, Nikki, Nikki Midwife says, I like to listen to the song in the alternative universe where they all stood around the mic together to sing. In that universe, it's fun and uplifting. So it's a champion for me. I guess it means that on this song, at least, the Frankenstein approach the band used for Made in Heaven worked. Well, so yeah, I mean, so I, I guess if that had really happened, maybe it would be an upvote, but it didn't. So yeah, Richard Turn says, yes, they should have graciously donated any royalties to whoever wrote Peace of My Heart. But Queen Online's skateboard sales means that's not their way. But when first getting Made in Heaven, I really like this. I'm a sucker for the sentimental combined vocals on this track, each vocal in order of quality, though. Sorry, Brian. Uh, and yes, enjoy the background vocals, too. Yes, it does go on a tad too long. They should have pulled the plug of this song's live sport machine, ironically. But in the absence of my just above mid-table blues being a vote option, it's scraping in as a champion for me. Yes, I know. In other news, my hearing isn't what it used to be. So that's, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, it, Richard's really sort of outlined what he thinks there. And I, again, we just we just disagree, and that's fine. We, we, You know, you can disagree with people and still get on with them. Hey? That's the thing that you are allowed to do. I think so. You know, uh, and if Richard was uh, here in Winnipeg, I'd go out and have a beer with him, despite him being wrong about that song. Uh, and what did you call it? What did you call him? J-Foth? J-Foth. <laughs> I think that's the way that's, we should go with that. So uh, Jay Fod says, spot him with a sports banter this week, guys. <laughs> that is so awesome. I have always liked this song. I don't know. It just does it for me. It's a champion. Also, maybe we could have a lacrosse talk with Reddy as a regular feature. Maybe, maybe dedicate 20, 30 minutes to an episode. That's good. La crosstalk. Featuring the Cardinal. Lacrosse just, talk. Oh what we'll do, Randy, is we'll just look for lacrosse scores from around the world, and you can just do the lacrosse scores. We can just announce them. You can like TSN Sports Desk. We'll get a little, we'll get a little uh, sting, and we can do it. Just oh, for yeah. J-Pod. Brilliant. Uh, Prime Jive Funster says, "Dust." I would rather have heard it in its demo form on a rarities box set. In my opinion, I think Made in Heaven would have been better as an EP, focusing on the songs Freddie was working on near the end. Maybe name it "A Winter's Tale" and be done with it. And that's essentially exactly what I said. So I yeah. would much rather that than, because if you look at Made in Heaven, you've got one, two, three actual new songs. And the rest yeah. is either just, you know, glomming together shit that was never intended to be finished or wasn't finished, or right. just covering songs that already existed and making them worse in some cases. So. Right, right. So I am 100% on on uh, on par with uh, Prime Drive Punster. Yeah, Rob Maher says Made in Heaven, like, straight to video Steven Seagal movie. Don't really know the song. It's not terrible, but it's not great either. Dust. And I, I actually, I really I really feel like that's a really good sort of way to put it. Well, except, it's not, then I guess, if so, it just assume, it's it's like Steven Seagal did make good movies, because Queen certainly made good music. And I'm not <laughs> sure Steven Seagal ever reached the heights in comparison uh, to, to Queen, but I love it anyhow. No, uh, Steven, and... Steven Siegel, I mean, it's not Seagal, it's Siegel. We all know it is. But I mean, it's like, again, he's one of those people who he strives for mediocrity and constant, consistently fails to achieve it. Terrible, terrible actor. Well, it's good. Well, it's interesting. Hang on a second. Let's talk about this. So you say right. Siegel and I say it's Seagal? Really? I've only, only ever heard it say Seagal. Oh, oh, no, it is Seagal. I just like saying Seagal because it trivializes <laughs> the stupid prick. So. <laughs> 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 he, he is a fucking idiot. Uh, you know what? Uh, oh, Paul Moody says, it bites. Oh, now I want to listen to them. 
what a fucking underrated guitar player Francis Dunnery is. Bye. I'm drunk. Well, you know what, Paul? Kevin's drunk, but that's just kind of, <laughs> this is sort of normal. So <laughs> I was very drunk on my recording last night with Corey. <laughs> I, was getting, okay? I was getting to the Belgian blondes as well, dear. And I hope it turns out okay. Um, yeah, it bites. I got actually a friend of mine who listens to the Tom Petty Project and now listens to Queen Seaside or Seaside Pottery as well says uh, he, he recommended it, Bites, as a band that I should listen to because I would probably like them. And I guess they're like a proggy, prog metal, prog rock, I don't know, progressive rock, pop rock, art rock, uh, band circa like the early 80s to 1990-ish. And then again, they sort of revamped it in 2006 is what I'm reading. So um, Francis Dunnery is no longer in the band. There's a guy named John Beck, who I don't believe is any relation to the, uh, the great That's... Jeff Beck. That's that's Jeff Beck's redheaded stepchild, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's, he's trading on the name. But yeah, so I'm, I'm going to check him out anyway. Yeah, Queen fan at Queen Far six one five two eight seven nine eight, which just rolls off the tongue. It says champion every day of the week, and uh, Paul Bradbury, General Bobby says, "Made in Heaven" as a place in my heart, as it was the first new Queen release I could buy as a fan. That said, this is pretty forgettable, overproduced, plodding, pedestrian, and the lyrics are unforgivable dust <laughs> uh, Lynn Davidson says uh, dust as it sits could have been great if it had gotten the proper queen treatment if Freddie had had a hand in the final production there were sections where you could hear what he could have what it could have been yeah fair point Roger could have had a, cu- a career as a guest as a gospel vocalist though he sounds good I don't think uh, Roger could have been a gospel vocalist I think he'd have been diddling all the ladies in the congregation I think that would have been an absolute disaster yeah, for all concerned yeah yeah, yeah, he'd had his little uh, his little wiener out there, and it just wouldn't have worked out at all. Uh, Jim C at Curtis Sparkle says, "Never heard it before. It's not bad. The additional singers do exactly note for it. Let Queen do the fucking vocals for fuck's sakes. Uh, it's okay enough for Frankenstein's monster of an album, but in the end, nobody will ever give a shit about it. Third option. I wouldn't even third option this one. I really wouldn't. I would have said if we had a third option, I would have still downvoted this one. But that's just oh, me. fuck yeah. Uh, Pank says." Oh, I don't know. It's good, but I never go to it. You know what I'm? Uh, do you know what I mean? Uh, like face it alone. A couple of weeks of wow, but I never choose it. Yeah. Well, there you yeah. go. Fair point. Uh, Doug Sebus says, "You know how you can find someone attractive, but you can't pinpoint why. You break down all the individual traits, and not any one of them grabs you. And yet, you still want to spend some alone time with that person." Well, I've happily spent many a warm night with Let Me Live, and I hope to have many more. All the while, I'll be thinking about you boys in cold Saskatoon. Champion. It's not cold here. It's been fucking warm as bollocks, actually. It's been horrible. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah. You know, half of Canada's been on fire, and the smoke's been blowing, and it's not cold yet. But it will be. Uh, Yeah, BC, we should just shout out to anybody. Anybody who is, anyone who listens from BC, hope you're all safe. Hope you're all kind of getting through because yeah. some of the fires out there are getting just way, way out of control and people are, communities are starting to lose their homes again now, which is not not good at all. So, they're, Yeah, they're getting nasty and they're getting closer to some of our, well, all, you know, all of Canada's cities are sort of mid-sized. And so yeah. uh, they're getting close to Kelowna and Kamloops and some of those uh, those cities. But, but uh, don't Alex forget. Small says, oh, go ahead. I was just, don't forget. Climate change isn't real. It's all just a hoax, you know. So while well, the world is burning, just remember that the scientists are lying to you. So, you know. You know, uh, there is uh, only so much oil in the ground, so I suggest we just burn it as fast as we can. What do you think, Kev? 
Yeah, I think I'd, I'd drink it for preference. I mean, we should just get more oil is what we need. <laughs> Which, by the way, I would like to uh, shout out to anybody that is interested. Uh, There's Only So Much Oil in the Ground is a absolutely terrific song. There is only so much oil in the ground. Alex Small says it's on made in heaven. Sad face. <laughs> I mean, holding in puke face is what that is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Cutting in diamonds. And Steve uh, at Queen Rock says, I told my wife about the episode and she didn't understand your criticism of the guest vocalists. She said, somebody to love had a gospel choir. What's the big deal? I don't mean to embarrass her, but I think that's a testament to the band and their ability to sound like anything they put their mind to. Initially, I was going to upvote Let Me Live, but your criticisms make sense. It's dust, but it still has a place in my heart. Like you said, even the worst Queen songs have something to love, and this song is no exception. And then he finishes by saying, and one final thought, I want to thank you both for giving weekly fresh perspectives on songs that I've listened to death. That means a lot. You're my favorite Queen podcast, and long may you reign. Well, bloody hell. Thanks so much, Steve. That's genuinely lovely of you to say, and you didn't need to. Um, So from the bottom of our hearts, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Uh, Aaron Mullen says, not as bad, not as bad as curmudgeonly Kev suggests. <laughs> I like that he's calling you curmudgeonly, <laughs> but certainly not worthy of being a champion either. Don't really get the criticism. It didn't fit on any album, even made in heaven as queen famously covered whatever genre they wanted to, uh, hoping for Leroy Brown next to prove <laughs> the point. <laughs> okay, well, I'm not sure I know about Leroy Brown, but... Uh, well, bring back Leroy Brown. I mean, that's, you know, we've got Aaron's trying to get in on the, the wheel manifestation, so we've got one for Leroy Brown. There you go. There you go. All right. Dominic Pierce says, the Made in Heaven album is pretty dire, in my opinion. The odd gem hidden in poor remixes of their previous work. This song is not one of the good ones. By the way, if I had a time-traveling finger, I would use it to press stop when they were recording this dust. So that's a throwback <laughs> to the emergency question that we had, so... <laughs> that's pretty funny i think i refused to answer that one didn't i basically coming <laughs> didn't he didn't do very well with it i just danced around it uh leslie here says uh, oddly a difficult choice and a close call i like roger's vocals and the gospel feel uh but much like made in heaven you can feel it's been assembled rather than created yes the lyrics are dodgy in places but I've heard worse. Well, you know what? I mean, I've heard worse too, you know, and I've had a bad cold, but it doesn't mean I want cancer. So. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. He's dropping the C-bomb. Dropping the C-bomb. And early too, because we're recording this quite early, folks, because we've got a time difference now between me and Randy, because he is uh, east of me. Um, Yeah. And, and, oh, hang on. And, oh, and, and, okay. And, and I have to get up very early and I'm not, no, but listen, hang on. Oh, let me play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin. Hang on. I know there's a bunch of probably early risers are going, oh, take on the day. Uh, well, I'm not one of those people. I like to sleep in. So uh, go fuck yourselves. Hey, Randy, what's this? What's this? It's the world's tiniest violin. Can you hear it? That's you. No. Oh, I see. I, judging by Kev's gestures, ladies and gentlemen, he's masturbating. <laughs> I'm two fingers, that's all it takes, buddy, all it takes. Two small fingers, yes. <laughs> uh, Tom Borje, and we do know now how it's pronounced because he's corrected. It says Borje, thank you. Um, I would love songs from Made in Heaven to be champions. This is an example of piecemeal bits and slapping it on the record. It's created out of sentimentality and forgettable as soon as the song ends. 
not everything Freddie touched was golden dust. And hey, isn't that the truth too? I mean, you know, we rag on mm. Roger's lyrics sometimes and there's bits and pieces from all of them there. You think, that's eh, not the best. Freddie's not untouchable because, I mean, he was he had a hand in some of a couple of turds that Queen did. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm all right with that. Yeah. Well, you know, he's been uh, he's been mythologized, I do believe would be the term. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, he was a dude, a human just like the rest of us. Laurie Johnson says, I've always liked this LP. A couple of tracks I'm not so keen on, but that's true of many albums. And nothing on it is as risible as Delilah. Uh, nice word. I like that. Let Me Live has always been one, if not the favorite from Made in Heaven. The music is so uplifting and love all the three chipping in on lead folks. Well, you know, this is this is this is good. I'm glad everybody has their own opinions and uh, we can all disagree sometimes. I think there's a generation of people who only know what the word risible means because of Monty Python. What about you? Do you find it risible? When I say the name, because, because, <laughs> and then you go to the dictionary. What the fuck does "risible" mean? <laughs> Lovely. Nova Jack says, "Hate the fact they use backing singers for harmonies. One of the things I loved about Queen is they can do it all themselves. Would like to hear the duet version with Rod Stewart, though." Which, mm-hmm. yeah, that is kicking around. That would have been kind of cool to see. Or someone else had mentioned somewhere on one of the other threads that maybe it would have been cool to bring Rod Stewart in to do some of the other parts, right? Like have Fred sing in one part and then bring him in. But again, you're still singing Roger Taylor lyrics that he hadn't really, you know, kind of just shat into his toilet bowl and fished out and stuck onto paper, which uh, it's never the best, you know, it's never the best thing. Well, you know, Kev, like you had mentioned, I do believe last week, you said... It's not like, uh, so if Rod Stewart did have any hand in this at all, it's not like he's like resurrected it and put it on some compilation album yeah. down the road. So maybe even Rod thought it was a turd, right? Yeah. And 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 despite what people will tell you, you can only polish a turd so much. And at the end of it all, it still is a little bit smelly. You can get the, just the nicest sheen. It'll reflect light, <laughs> but it'll still smell. Absolutely. So over on Facebook, Paul Roberts says, Rollistopper, Rollistopper, episode highlight. So that's the Richard Herring's Lesser Square Theatre podcast, which is where the emergency questions come from, Randy. And I'm going to give you another emergency question at the end of this episode. So strap in. Oh, for fuck's sakes. (laughs) Uh, Sean McGinnity, my buddy Sean Geek says, "Uh, I just back to back the last two episodes. So I'll vote here. I've not heard Save Me or Let Me Live before. So I came into this with fresh ears on both. How cool is that that he'd never heard Save Me? To Save Me totally floored me. Yeah. If I'd heard more of these types of songs from Queen as opposed to the three songs that get played on the radio all the time, I may have dug deeper into their catalogue. Save Me transcends the radio hits and proves, to me at least, that they do deserve the hype, but primarily that Brian May as a songwriter may be one of the best ever. As for Let well, Me Live... Well, let's not get premature on that. Let's <laughs> not get prematurely on Ooh, I don't know, man. Brian May is... At his, in his high no. moments, Brian was... <laughs> No, of course, of course, of course. I'm just here. Uh, that, everybody. Do you hear that? Do you hear what Randy just said, people? <laughs> attack, attack the Cardinal, attack the Cardinal this week. <laughs> He's trying to backtrack now. Don't let him. Uh, Sean goes on, though. As for Let Me Live, this is utter crap. It doesn't work at all. Pandering a bit and could easily get played and lost on current radio with a bunch of other songs lacking the oomph on modern MOR radio. What does MOR stand for, Randy? I don't know what that stands for. 
Usually I know the acronyms and you don't. Modern yeah, isn't... M-O-R. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, I don't remember, sure. Um, let's say that it's... Um... M-O-R, middle of the road. Uh, ah, there we go. Andy Hall Radio says, on one hand, it's a good thing this was assembled pre-AI, knowing Brian, Rogers, and John's creative collective <laughs> had their heads on it, beats what some algorithm might have shot out in 2023. <laughs> on the other hand, the disappointment of hearing a half-baked idea in the spirit of the Beatles, Free as a Bird, also released in 1995, left the experience feeling very empty, like one, <laughs> like one of the <laughs> Emperor Ming's soldiers. Whew. Randy and Kev nailed it when they described it as soulless and the final vote of dust. Uh, now, ask me how I real <laughs> now let me ask how I really feel about this onward. Yeah, so I think I think we have a good idea how you really feel about it, Andy. Yeah. Uh, thanks, thanks for the comment. Are your men on the right pills? Maybe we should execute their trainer. <laughs> uh, Michael J. Smith says I've always enjoyed how the boys take a verse each on lead vocals and Brian's guitar solo. Objectively, it's an absolute duster. But for some fucked up reason, I love listening to it. So I'm championing it against all better judgments. P.S. Love the Three Amigos chat. <laughs> hey, we are huge Three Amigos fans. Huge Three Amigos fans. <laughs> Russell Watkins says, it's not perfect, but I do have a soft spot for Let Me Live. 5.5 out of 10. So it's still a champion for me. When Freddie sings Let Me Live, it feels much more poignant than originally attended. So, uh, so I connect with it on that level. There you go. That's, but that's, I think, where those of us who are a little bit, well, ourselves are a little bit more cynical. You're just kind of like, yeah, that's a cynical thing to do. Let me live once Freddie's dead is a bit, it's a bit on the nose. And it's a bit sort of using people's emotions and sentimentality to, which, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't work for me in that, in that instance, in that sort of context. So um, Paul Bradbury, you know, he's commented on Twitter, but he commented on Facebook as well. So fuck it. I'm going to read it out. It says, agree, it's a duster. I also enjoy the Eddie Izzard reference at the start of the episode. <laughs> do I, you know, did, did, you, did I hear that one? Yeah, we, we had a little bit of a thing about it. You know, and I, I would say that I, I like my queen like I like my coffee. Covered in bees. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, ridiculous. James Lawrence. I've always quite liked this, but not quite in the top 50%, so it's dust for me. Trouble is that every time I hear it now, I'm just thinking of the lap of the pods guys describing it as like swimming in a lake of unicorn piss. <laughs> <laughs> so they were way harsher. <laughs> that, that, that's the, oh my God. Okay, so that's the best thing I've ever heard. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's really a great description of it. So it's rare, it's unique. But it's still piss. <laughs> Dude, seriously, if you've got some time where you've, where you've got some downtime, you're just killing some time, you've got nothing to do, please check out the Lap Pods uh, podcast. It's fucking it's great. insane. It's hilarious, yeah. Right on. So Serena Shimeka, I got the name right this time, Randy, because she told me how to pronounce her name, says, have to agree with you guys on this one. Not one of the best. There are some better tracks on the Made in Heaven album. Not many, and that's a sad environment <laughs> of it. But And Keith Austin says, quick comment. Unfortunately, from a Queen fan perspective, you are both right this week. On another note, at the start of a new season, Randy usually picks a weak number where Kev spins a B-sides wheel rather than the normal one. Just a polite reminder. And we had done that, and I'd kind of let um, Keith know, but we should say that that's going to be the 10th episode of this season will be the B-side pod review. So people are paying attention even more than I am, so that's great. 
Donica says, love this song. It might not be the best on the album, but I found myself humming along to it afterwards. By the way, the CD single had some great 70s tracks on it. No wonder it sold well. Well, and there you go, right? Because sometimes that can that can tip the scales on a song where, because I think we said it got to, what, number 16 or something, this one? Like mm-hmm. it got, or nine or something ridiculous. It got way too high in the charts. And then, uh, but Donica then goes on to say, oh, huge bonus points, lads, for playing a bit of Message to You, Rudy. Love that song. Maybe we'll do Ghost Town in the next episode. For future reference, my name is pronounced, ah, here we go. Donica O'Queeve. Aha. I've heard my name murdered multiple ways over the years. I'm sure you have. So thanks for that. I'm going to put that in my notes so that when we get to it again, we remember, because that's what I've started doing now. Yes, Donica O'Queeve. I'd like to add this to uh, okay. my band. Uh, Previous and uh, current band have played Message to You, Rudy, for many, many moons, and it is always slays the dance floor. Yeah, man. Well, of love course. the specials. Love, love, love the specials. It, if your feet don't move to two tone and scar, then I don't. I just don't think you have a pulse. Whether you like reggae or not, that's a different thing. But like, come on, give me a break. That song's just—it's fun with a capital F. Hmm. All right, well, Randy, we've got a wheel to spin to talk about another Queen song tonight. And I'm in the mood for something to cleanse the palate after last week. I want to hear Brighton Rock from Sheer Heart Attack. That's what I want to listen to. How about you? What do you want to listen to? You know what? I'm going to do something that's just like crazy. Mm. I'm going to say something that's going to probably could probably blow your mind. Oh, this no. might, well, maybe this might blow up the internet even. No, it won't. <laughs> what, you think you're we're Kim gonna, Kardashian? We're going to be fully clothed. Don't worry. <laughs> speak for yourself. <laughs> Pants are being removed as we speak. Don't stop me now. Oh, you're going for one of the biggies. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we, from the original Greatest Hits album, we haven't had that many in the last sort of 10, 12 episodes. Got Time of the Down... Save me, of course, and then from the sort of the next greatest hits we've had, I want it all. I want it all and breakthrough. But yeah, we've been having quite a few album tracks here. So I, if we got something that was a big single, I think I'd be yeah. alright with that. Yeah, like why not, man? Like it's got to happen sooner or later, right? Absolutely. So we're going. Don't stop me now. From mm-hmm. jazz mm-hmm. and Brighton Rock from mm-hmm. Sheer Heart Attack. Because we did have a stanky stanker last week, so let's. Uh... Let's, you know, perfume, perfume up the joint. Yeah, we're probably going to get something in hot space. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we are going to, oh, I think we're getting a, well, oh, hey, we're breaking our, we're breaking a duck, Randy. We have had, we are now 40, this is the 42nd episode of this podcast. We haven't had anything from A Kind of Magic yet. We are getting something from A Kind of Magic tonight. Which song? are we talking about well you know tonight we're gonna listen to a kind of magic off of uh of this album that's uh it's called a kind of magic all right so what we're gonna do now folks is what we do every time we do this show because randy and i are not queen experts i'm very well versed with the catalog but i'm certainly not a, a queen historian of any kind of stripe um, and it's wonderful that we find a community where there are lots of those people and they give us tons of great information, send us lots of links and all that kind of stuff. But what we do now is we go away and we do some research. And it's fairly rudimentary, message to you, rudimentary. Um, and so we're going to read some stuff. We're going to look at links on internet and go to Wikipedia and do all that kind of stuff and then we'll come back and talk about this song. What say you, Mr. Woods? Shall we go do research? 
Yes, slash urination. Slash urination. Oh, all right. Well, let's do researchination. No, that doesn't work. There's no portmanteau to be had there. Hmm. No, you were you were, you had it there. Researchination. All right. We'll see you in a minute. And now a word from this week's sponsor. Friends, I got an important announcement to make. Whether you're straight, Christian, white, middle class, or middle-aged, remember that Jesus loves you. It doesn't matter whether you're a wealthy corporate donor, a politician, or a Russian oligarch. You got Christ on your side. And friends, remember that God loves the straight people. He loves the white people, and he loves the rich people. But also remember that they rock and roll well. Heck, that dares the devil's music. So why don't y'all come back over to good old-fashioned entertainers with family values like Ted Nugent, Roseanne Barr, and and Toby Keith. All y'all try your best to be straight, white, and rich, and I'll see you in heaven just as soon as we all get there. Go to world.com. So uh, this is a Roger Taylor song here, Kev, uh, mm-hmm. coming in at 424, and we've got all the usual suspects doing all the usual things, uh, with the only really notable exception possibly is that Roger Taylor does some programming as well, recorded in uh, Mountain Studios in Montreux and the Townhouse in London between uh, August 85 and Feb of 86. So I think what I found the the most interesting thing, well, a couple things. First of all, it was written for the film Highlander by Roger Taylor yeah. and then repurposed and recycled and fixed up or whatever term you would like to use uh, by Freddie. But what I thought was the, the coolest was apparently Roger took uh, 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 Brian's red special and played and played a three-part <laughs> harmony. And, uh, and uh, uh, Brian's answer to, to that was, I wouldn't have done it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course you wouldn't have, Brian. <laughs> what is the etiquette on that, Randy? Like, What's that? Uh, on, on using other people's instruments. Like, is that okay? Or is that sort of, would you be a bit miffed if someone just grabbed your guitar? Would you be bothered? Or would you be like, hang on, you could have asked. Well, it's, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, these guys are on a whole different level of what I'm doing. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. I, I, it would have been fine. And, you know, I might've said what Brian said. You know, eh, it's fine. I would have done it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I would have done it better, maybe. Yeah, probably. <laughs> So Highlander, yeah, so, that was a that was a pretty yeah. good film, as I recall. I mean, it's one of those weird ones that I think it was kind of a sleeper. I don't think it did well on release, if I remember right. I don't think it kind of it didn't set the world on fire, but I think it's one of those where it sort of it took off after as a bit of a cult classic on VHS. Is my memory of it? Now again, the Latpods guys did a brilliant episode on this with a guy who wrote the literally wrote the book on on the movie. But I, it's one of my all time favorite movies. And it's one of those two that whenever I watch it now, it still holds up. And there's a few, you know, as as with any sort of 80s action movie, there's a few bits in it where you're like, eh, that's a bit, you could probably do that a little bit differently, or that maybe is a little bit unnecessary. But overall, I think the story is fantastic. The performances are great. And the music really, really fits the movie. And of course, you know, for this song, Roger was really kind of strict, you know, smitten with the the, the themes of the movie. And so, you know, one prize, one goal, which we also get in one vision. Um, no mortal man. There can be only one. All these kind of lines are taken directly from the movie. And the single, when it was released, had a picture of the Kurgan, which is the 
um, antagonist of the movie on the cover. Holy ground, hide under. Remember what Ramirez taught you. Well, I mean, uh, 86 or it was released or whatever mm, it was. Yeah. I mean, yes, I did. But honestly, it's, it's, it's cloudy. It's a cloudy memory. It's a, yeah, it's a great movie. And I did read something else too, that um, in a radio interview in 2017 in September, Chris Rea claimed that he performed the finger clicks that opened the song. Really? Now, I don't know how familiar you are with Chris Rea. Roll Tell, I'm, I'm sure you know, or not. I'm not, I'm not familiar with him at all. Okay. I, don't even, I don't even know who the hell he is. Okay, he was a, kind of a big deal in the UK for, for a little bit. Really, I, I really quite like him, actually. I think All Burge is a brilliant album. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked again here. But So yeah, so this is one of the songs from A Kind of Magic that was actually written for, you know, for and about the movie. Because it's, mm. this is the thing that, again, Kind of Magic is a little bit of a kind of a schizophrenic album in that you've got these songs that were part of the movie and then you've got some of these other songs that just were nothing to do with it and were just kind of glommed on. So it's it's half of a soundtrack and half not. And really, there's also, weirdly, and people have complained about this for years and years and years, there is no actual soundtrack for the movie because the orchestral music in the in the movie is sublime. And it's amazing that they've never released that as an official sort of release. And then, you know, if you had a, a blend of that and the Queen songs that were appropriate, I think it would, I think it would work. So, yeah. Well, you want to do a bit of, uh, I mean, I, I, like I said, I mean, I think we both know this song pretty fucking well, but should we uh, ramp it up and give it a go? You know what? I just don't even know why we're fucking around. Let's play this fucker. It's a kind of magic. It's a kind of magic. A kind of magic. One dream, one soul, one prize, one gold, one golden glance of what should be. It's a kind of magic. One shot. So one of the things we've criticized 80s to 90s Queen for a little bit on occasion is they don't get the synths right. I think they get them spot on on this. I think those pads, those synth pads sound... Yeah, they date it to the period, but they still hold up and they're subtle enough and they're appropriate enough that I think that, yeah, I don't know whether I would necessarily change that. I think it sounds good. Yeah, no, they're great. And and yeah, I I, I agree with you. Sometimes uh, synths do remind you of the of the era, but I mean, fuck, that was the era. So, you know, let's run with it, man. Absolutely. One dream, one soul, one prize, one goal. One, one golden vision. glance. Of- <laughs> Two tits, John Deacon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Kevin, that's good. I just wanted to comment here, Kev. Uh, listen to listen to Deaky's bass. He's you, you can feel how he's leading it, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it's 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 so it's so upfront, and it's like well, and I'm, when I say leading, I mean he's he's leading it right. It's so great. I, I love that. I love when a bass player takes that, uh, and and he's what's giving it that bounce and that romp. Uh, yeah. It's great. Well, and that's the, that's the bit that the, the main thing that Freddie did with it 
because the original of this, and we're going to we're going to listen to that afterwards. Actually, Randy, the the original quote unquote, the original version of this that is actually included at the end of the Highlander movie, and there's a couple of different edits of it, but it was a bit slower. So Freddie apparently thought, well, there's a there's a better song in here than this song currently is. So he basically took Roger's song and said, well, we're going to put this bass line in it, which when you hear it without the bass line, it is very very different. And when we get to, it, I'll talk about whether I prefer one or the other, but that bass line is the hook of this song. Well, that's what you remember from this song, right? Yeah, it's it's bouncy. It gives you that kind of like I don't know if anybody here listens to like R and B, but that's the that's one of the one of the hallmarks of R and B, and that's what makes this drive and sound so great to me. But just as a sort of counterpoint to that argument, which we're talking about, you know, you've got a really great bass line. I don't love the fact that I'm pretty sure that's a drum machine. I mean, that's, that's, that's not real drums. That doesn't sound like real drums to me, right? Well, yeah, listen, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll listen more carefully, uh, but but no, I don't think so. Just without thinking about it, it doesn't sound like real drums, but yeah. I, will, I will listen more closely. The, yeah. the giveaway for me quite often is when you listen to early to mid-80s drum loops and drum machines, the snare doesn't sound like a real snare because it always sounds exactly the same. And of course, the drummer's going to hit the drum slightly differently with a slightly different attack every time. And it's going to, you're going to get a bit of that variance. And, but with this, and a drum machine in this era, you don't get any of that. Yeah. Well, well, possibly there, there could have been some velocity controls, but I, I mean, I can't say for sure. So yeah. yeah. What do you think? Now you've heard it a little bit more and been listening. Yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 probably a you know a Lindrum or something similar. Yeah, uh, and you can you can really hear with the the shaker too. The shaker is so consistent yeah. that it's like eh, it's a bit machiney, and that's I guess maybe what what makes that bass rock so good is that that gives him a bit of leeway to yeah you know that's it's a bit of a recording trick where you keep something absolutely a hundred percent on tempo. And everything, everything else can kind of move around it, and that kind of gives it, it gives it a bit, you know, adds a bit, you know, a bit to the soup, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and we haven't talked at all at the moment to this point about Freddie's vocal. Again, hmm. well, whatever you else you want to say about this song, and we'll, we'll get to dissecting it a little bit. I'm not as, you know, there's some people who really don't. You'll be surprised this, Randy, maybe, but there are Queen fans who don't think this is one of their best efforts. But Freddie's vocal in this again is one of those things like well, even on a, a a song where you might think in anyone else's mouth this might end up being an average song, but in Freddie's mouth, just the way he delivers it, you get the little bit of Mercury Panache, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and fair point. This done by anybody else probably wouldn't have been a would probably wouldn't have been a thing. It's also again, I mean, you know, I said this earlier in this episode that we do rag on Roger, and I think fairly sometimes about his lyrics. And last week. In fact, we talked about Roger's inability sometimes to write sincere lyrics. This one, because he's kind of taken the themes and some of the motifs from Highlander, I think it's just, I like the lyrics in this song. 
um, you know, this rage that lasts a thousand years will soon be done. You know, it, the bell that rings inside your mind is challenging the doors of time. I mean, are they, you know, top shelf lyrics? Maybe not, but they really suit the movie and they really suit the cadence of the song, I think. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. And, and, you know, they're not so uh, general, you know, I'm in love, I'm not in love, I'm so yeah. I'm so heartbroken, I'm so blah, 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 blah. You know, it's, you know, it's talking about this sort of abstract thing, which gives it a little... Uh, a bit of leeway, let's say that. So there's the harmonies. So we always Secret. thought that, that was Roger Taylor, and it's or we always thought that was Brian May, and it's fucking Roger Taylor. That, and he's just that, and he's just fucking doing he's doing hammer hammer ons with Brian's <laughs> fucking guitar. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. I do like to imagine though in the mixing room afterwards when they're going through it and they, they play that bit and Brian's like, I don't fucking remember playing that. It kind of sounds like me, but hey, hang on a minute, that's my fucking guitar, you Roger. <laughs> uh, that's great. Love that guitar tone. It's more Mark Knopfler than Brian May, hey, in a way. Okay, it's got well, that really soft, clean tone. Yeah, well, yeah, it's it's got this this sort of real pleasant dirtiness, and he and he kind of gets to he really gets to kind of lay into his 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 pentatonic scale, right? Yeah. And uh yeah, it's it's yeah, it's really sweet. I really, really do love the tone. And it again, it reminds me of how how good a guitarist Brian May is. Because again, I mean, because he sort of he's he's, he's almost time locked into a certain era, right? Because he, you know, when Freddie died. In the public's consciousness, you know, he, he did Back to the Lies and he did these other albums, he did other stuff, but he never, he was just always Queen's guitarist. So it's easy to kind of forget they're just a supremely brilliant musician. Understood exactly what the song needed, knew what the tone was, knew what to play, because he could do anything, right? He can he can shred, he can, he can do thrash, he can do all these things. And here he's just doing this lovely little sort of, it's almost like a Les Paul bit, you know? It's like it's this really soft kind of old 60s chicken picking thing almost, you know? It's great. So that bit there, Randy, because you've talked a lot about compression on on this podcast, and that's where, because I've been trying to get my head around more about what that means and listen to things where on you know on YouTube about listen to this, this is compressed, that this isn't. That solo to me sounds like it's really compressed to really get the edges off where, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and I don't know if you noticed there, but that was definitely a, a different tone. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Same guitar or not. Yeah, so it's completely a whole different thing. But yeah, no, no, that that solo yeah, it would be it would be really squashed. Like whether he's doing it on on a pedal board or it's being done afterwards, mm-hmm. uh that's what gives that that nice, uh, pleasant sort of, uh, I mean, you know, boodle, boodle, you know, like that, boodle, you know, it gives yeah. it that, that tone. It gives you that sustain, that resonance. 
uh, yeah, I, you know, a lot of guitar players nowadays too will 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 double compress. So so you're lifting you're lifting up the quiet notes and you're crushing the loud notes right. and you use two different compressors and there's you know there's a whole wizardry and science science to it. So uh, and Brian was certainly one of the people are always chasing his tone, right? Yeah, I have bought several pieces of gear that will that will allude to a, a brian may sound yeah. which whatever words they use and and it, it it tends to sound like like this kind of thing so Yeah, the I love that. That's that's cool. That that's uh, the volume, like so they start, the swell. This the, that's that the volume swell harmonies, and I'm not sure if that was Roger or 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 uh, or Fred. I think it's Rog. It sounds yeah. more. It might be both of them, but it's like predominantly. It, it definitely it could, sounds like Rog. Yeah, it could be both. But isn't that cool? I just love yeah. that. I just love. That. I mean, that's the kind of thing you could never replicate live. Yeah. Uh, but but it's such a, a nice little tidbit, right? And, 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 you know, if you were to see them live and they played this, if they didn't do that, your brain would still hear it. You know, yeah. like, you know, when you, when you go to concerts and you're just like, okay, well, I mean, I know they can't do these, this certain thing or that certain thing, but I know it's there. And so it's just, ah. Human brains are very, very good at filling in the blanks. We do it all the time. Yippers. That bass sounds so fat, man. Holy shit. It sounds like a Fender Precision, which I'm rather <laughs> certain it is. Yeah. I, and just just my own personal opinion, the greatest bass guitar ever made. Play, being played currently by one of the greatest rock and roll bass players ever made. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit of pan and wizardry there to you know one in the left, not hard pan, but pan enough just to give it that little bit of movement in your headphones. Maybe it's a that cheap trick. Just... Maybe it's a cheap trick. <laughs> ooh, Get it? Ooh, a little throwback there. That's a uh, that lick of Brian's is just so sweet. That you know where he's yeah. sliding into all those. Oh, it's just so. Well, you just yeah, it just, just hits it just hits everything right for me. So yeah. Yeah, again, there are certain little... guitar tones that just don't sound like anyone else, and it's like that's just reeks of Brian May. You know, it's just no one plays like that. 
a little Brian May masturbation, <laughs> maybe. And we're all here for it. <laughs> yeah, it's well, I, I love this because I, I was just looking at the time as it went by. It was right about 324. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, we haven't got the end of the song, but really the song was over. Yes. Yeah. So now we're just going to listen to Brian play his guitar. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, you know, when we get to the end, that, that if you're going to sort of say, well, maybe you could change this, maybe the length of the song, because when a song is over, two thirds of the way through and now you've just got a really long extended outro sometimes you can say well yeah you could clip that down a bit but man you wouldn't want to miss that little bit of guitar in there would you you know well yeah see that's the thing when it's when it's tasty you want more of the you want more of that tastiness please sir can i have some more (laughs) more soup please (laughs) more bread (laughs) can i have more bread please So I would say, Kevin, Mm -hmm. uh, and you can let it roll out as far as I'm concerned, but I would say that when they give the programming credit uh, to Roger, it's I'm sure what's happened is he's programmed the drums. Uh, I don't know if you heard that little, it wasn't much of a snare fill, yep. but you no, know, there's a little pop, 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 you know, it's I mean, that's, you know, 100%. So then it would take, yeah. yeah, and that's probably, I'm sure that's what he did. So, but when you listen to it live, because they did do this song, I think 20 odd times live, obviously, you know, this was at the tail end of Queen is Alive concern. So they didn't get to play it that many times. But again, it just, you've got Roger Taylor in the band. Why are you programming the drums? I don't get it. Well, it was the style at the time. No, but it's an still... onion on our belt, and uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, but I mean, why did ZZ Top replace Frank Beard on Eliminator? Well, Frank that... Beard is a fucking great drummer. Oh, uh, but that was by far their biggest album, and and that's what everybody was doing, and that was the sound. Uh, I, you know what? I know this. I know this guy that has a Tom Petty podcast, <laughs> uh, and. You know, full moon fever. All I mean, all this is like it's, yeah. it's 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 mechanic drums all over the place. Well, and I mean that's it's funny because I was going to bring that up to you because I'm I'm more attuned to listening for it at the moment because on the Tom Petty Project, my other podcast, the season that I'm in right now, I am covering full moon fever, and you do get especially the click right, especially the hats are quite often programmed, and sometimes there'll be a blend of the of a programmed kick. And a real kick, or there'll be, you know, and there's lots of information online about that too. Um, it's okay when it's done tastefully. I just don't think that this song necessarily needs it, but we'll get into it. What we should do, Randy, is oh, we vote? we should vote. And I'm gonna go double check quickly who voted first last week. You voted first last week, so it's oh. my turn this week. Hmm. Well, Kev, what do you think? Uh, do you think this one bites the dust, or is this a champion? I have a few things to say about this song, and I don't think it's a. I don't think it's like Stone Cold. It's not like Save Me or Tie Your Mother Down. It's not in that bracket for me. But I, I still, I mean, there's so much good in this song that I could never downvote this song in a million years. How about you, Randy? Champion or Dust? What say you, my old pal? Champions, my friends. 
Well, yeah, I, we were definitely tipping our hat through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but for me, yeah, this is just, uh, this is just another fucking super cool queen song. I, I'm not so invested in this album and that album. Like a lot of yeah. queen lovers are, uh, to me, this is just a great song. Uh, you know, yeah, of course, Roger Taylor's a great drummer. Do I care about a, a drum machine? Eh, not really. Uh, you know, if it served the song and, yeah. and it and it works and it works well and it doesn't sound like a mechanical piece of shit. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I don't know. Well, I'm gonna like, I'm not gonna like hot space. <laughs> well, yeah. So, well, yeah. I was gonna name some some modern pop artists. I've oh, let's not do that. I've been traveling and listening to so much pop on the radio, but just by with people list this. Oh, my, yeah. Anyhow, I, I will just say that. And I had talked about Deaky's bass line. Mm-hmm. To me, it really just it just drives it. It makes it so much fun. The, I, I I think the lyrics are 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 good. I'm not going to say they're great. I think mm-hmm. I think they're good. Uh, Freddie Mercury, of course, he he's he's outstanding. Uh, and then of course Brian, he's. He's just laying face melters and chicken pickers all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. For me, for me, it's, it's, it's a champion in, in a big way. I know lots of people will talk about the, the 50, 50 swing and a third vote. And we all talk about, well, you know, whereabouts is this on the spectrum? So yeah, for me, this is, it's, it's up there. It's, it's, you know, it's up there. It's, it's in the, it's in the high seventies. Yeah. Well, and it's a fun thing to think about too, because if you, if you always think about like, if you took this out of the song, what would that do to it? Right. And last week, Let Me Live, I think if you had the boys doing the the vocals on that and doing those big sort of choral things, I'm pretty sure that would change my mind on it. I bet you that would tip the needle. Certainly, maybe not like a super champion, but at least enough that I think, yeah, that's that's really good. I think this song, if you were on the fence, the shit that Brian's doing on this song. I mean, again, like Brian May wrote some really fucking heavy riffs. And he can do doom metal, shit, like Black Sabbath shit. He can do, you know, not quite Steve Vai, but he could do, because he did some tapping on a few, a few bits and pieces here and there. But he can also play these really sort of, not jazz is not the right word, but it's almost kind of got that, you know, like a jazz guitar tone at times, right? Though That really clean tone or that, tele, I don't know, not jazz, not not jazz, but yeah, really not rock and the, roll. Jazz is jazz is the wrong word. Yeah, <laughs> okay. It's it's blues. It's blues. That's a pentonic scale he's playing. It's. But I'm talking more about the tone, right? I'm talking more about that really clean. That he plays. Yeah. There's no yeah, real distortion well, on that. It's nice and clean, and it's you know. No, well, well, it's it's certainly distorted, but it's just distorted and compressed right. in such a way that it really feels like it's. It really feels like it's his own little kind of tubular kind of sound but it's warm like i had alluded alluded before we when we were kids we would call it hoodla hoodla do you know what i mean yeah like, you know it's that certain ropey tone that it just sounds like it's compressed and you know and and, and done and done to such great effect on this yeah song. fred's vocal is great on this song again i mean it's that thing where you got this guy and it's, it's the cruelest blow to all of us who are queen fans where freddie mercury always had a great voice but it definitely evolved and it definitely changed over the years. And when he gets, once he got to the works and to kind of magic, he was in just full flow. Like he could belt like a motherfucker and he could control his voice to such an extent that he learned how to use his instrument perfectly at this point. Right. And I think this, again, this one who wants to live forever off this album, are two really good examples of bugger me, this kick and sink. Like, holy shit, let's give this guy a contract because this guy can fucking carry a tune. So Kev, just to, 
just for me, and I know this is available online, I could easily look it up. So A Kind of Magic, what album follows this one? Uh, the Miracle is the next album after. So this is the last album that they tour off the back of. This is a, this was released in 86. It's the last time they go out on tour, and it's the album before Queen Live at Wembley. So, of course, live, uh, you know. So, he, so Freddie's healthy here? He's healthy here, yeah. And happy, okay. Well, I mean, and to me, I think it shows, right? I mean, because his yeah. his vocal's so on point. It's so strong. It's, yeah, he's really, he really sounds like he's in top form. I mean, and when, I, he so rarely doesn't sound like yeah. he's in top form, so. But just think, hey, like, from you're a producer. If you get someone in the studio who's this good at singing, you'd be like, fucking hell, my job's going to be very easy today. All I've got to do is pick the best of three takes. I'll, I'll make him do three just so we've got some cover, but I don't have to worry about this guy, right? So, Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, tasty jam. Yeah, it's a, and it, you know what? The other thing, too, is about this song is it's a pop song, and it's deliberately a pop song, and it's written to be a pop song. It's, I mean, it's got single written all over it, right? Of course, you're going to release it as a single, especially once Freddie's taken it and treated it and and up the tempo a little bit and done some other things to it. It's like, yeah, of course, of course, you're going to release this, and of course, it's going to be on the greatest hits too, and of course, if people are going to buy it, and of course, it's going to give you a top ten hit. So, I'm really, really because I don't think I've ever heard it. Really, quite interested to hear how the non-bass version, uh, uh, whatever it was used, if it was used in the Highlander movie or not. I'm really quite curious to hear how it, how it sounds because I just don't. Well, I just can't see how it would be better than this. But I don't know what the fuck do I know. So what we're going to do, folks, is quite often in the episodes, um, if Randy's not familiar with the song, we play the, we, you know, we go through it and we listen to it, um, and we make our notes and we talk all kinds of shit and crap about it. But what we started doing is then playing the song through and just sitting and listening to it so that Randy can get a sense of the song as a whole. So instead of that, what we're going to do now is me and Randy are going to listen to the Highlander version of the song, which is more or less the original version that Roger had written, um, which is it's almost like a halftime thing in in some regards, just so Randy can hear it and we can do a little bit of a compare and contrast and then we'll uh, start wrapping things up. How does that sound? It sounds really good, Kevin. Does it sound like a kind of magic? It's a kind of fucking magic, you son of a bitch. So already the intro's quite a lot different right you still got these kind of weird vocalization sampley things that they're throwing in and processing but So yeah, so way, way, way less of Brian. Way less of Newly Brian. It's at the end, hey. Way less of Brian. No John. Very synth forward. Very different, yeah, right? It, like it's it's incredible that that's the original mix and where, I mean, if you want to make it a pop song and you want to make it a release, Freddie just made this song, right? I mean, he took the bones of what Roger was trying to do and dressed it in a fucking sequined jacket. Yeah, I think I think he took I think he took what was was a really really good chunk of music. What was really interesting because this is this is cool and it's interesting and I and I and let's just say the other version didn't exist mm-hmm. and I heard this. I, I I think I would probably like it, but what he did is he took that and he just made it better. And so it yeah. was it twenty percent better? Is it thirty percent better? I don't know, but it's it's fucking better. And uh, 
in 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 almost every way so yeah that's a really it good point out- it's a good point too randy that it, because we know this version as the primary version of this song that we know it's like well the halftime thing when it keeps going back to halftime you're like oh that man it, it gets a bit distracting you're like oh man it was just building and now it's dropped back off again mm-hmm. and where are we going now? How are we pushing back into the inner car? Which I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a, it's a very subjective thing, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're just two idiots just fucking spouting our opinion, but <laughs> uh, it it really does lose its. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a hard thing as a songwriter too, because sometimes you do want to do halftime things and you want to change, yeah, ch- change it up, and but just the the whole overall, you know, the, the version that we listened to previously the way it ramped up and and, st- and stayed up and and kept you at the end even at the, at the at whatever i said it was about the 3 3 minute and 40 mark or whatever it was when brian's solo starts kicking in well it's it's like it's up and it's rocking and then this this version doesn't do that and i think what what lets this version down the most in my opinion is is the is the bass yeah and it's and it's the synth bass and i got no problem with synth bass that, that's fine but it's just it's just not as effective as as deacon's bass it's just not It'd be kind of interesting to, to blend elements of this version with elements of the, you know, the edit that we got on the album because I quite like, as I said, there's there's a couple of points in that in this version where you get that like it's like chugga 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 chugga. You get a bit of guitar in there that's a bit heavier. Yeah, I think if you added that in, might kind of sound cool. And then you put real drums again. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna, I will fucking die on this. So I think if you add real drums to this, I think that notches it up again. I mean, I know that it was the time and it was the mid '80s and everyone was using drum machines. I just think this would sound better with real drums. I just do. Yeah, to me, that doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you, and, I, and that's and that's you know that's fine. It, like, I don't really know if it would add more. I'm not saying it would hurt, but I don't know yeah. that it would necessarily add. Well, I mean, this kid certainly wouldn't take away. But uh, yeah, to me, that's that's to me that's a bit a bit secondary. But yeah, okay. Here's a question for him. I haven't asked you this before, and maybe this is something that we could. We can think about this later on, maybe. And I'm taking a cue from my good friend, Corey Morissette, who does a, a podcast called Backtracks Aerosmith. And they're doing a, a mixtape. Basically, what they're trying to do is create a mixtape that sort of describes Aerosmith, right? So they're taking songs from different eras and everything else. Would this be one of the top... Would this be one of the sort of, let's say, 12 songs, the Dirty Dozen, Queen songs that you would put on a mixtape for someone to say, okay, I'm trying to represent Queen as a whole, as their whole career. Would you put this song on that mixtape, do you think? And I know I've put you on the spot with this. Yeah. So just, this bit... is just gut reaction, and I'm not going to, you know, no one's going to burn you online. Of course they are. But what do you think? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I would have to say it is. Like, for okay. me, for me, I would say that it has to be one of them. I'm not saying it's the first. So, yeah, I, I would say, uh, to me, it's to me, it's it's right up there with, with one of Queen's, one of Queen's best. One of Queen's queeniest. Yeah, uh, for, for me, you know, like I said, it's my uh, humble, mm-hmm. but yet highly, <laughs> highly accurate opinion. How to, how to completely contradict yourself in one sentence. <laughs> my humble, yet highly accurate opinion. I mean, there's a comment in there, so you've got two clauses in the sentence, but one sentence it is, sir. <laughs> Here's what I'll say. The only thing I'll sort of throw in terms of a slight criticism of this is I think that it could have been even better. I think there's just little bits and pieces they could have taken, because obviously there's clearly lots of material. They did lots of takes on this because 
the version we listened to just and the you know the original version or the the, the album version are significantly different. And it's not just the lack of the the bass and it's not the halftime. Like there's lots of different guitar licks that are coming in. I think they could have picked yeah. a few better, you know, glue together bits. I think they could have made a better mix than this. So I'd love to hear the best version of this song that's out there. Do I think that it's poorer for it? No. What like what what like what do you think? What do you think is what do you think could have been? Like, well, what are you talking about? I mean, man? I've already said you know. Well, no, just like give me a couple of good examples. Well, like, I mean, you say there's yeah. I think the well, two things I would put into this, Randy. If I could have the album mix that we have with real drums and with some of those, once it gets into the later stages, let's say the last, you know, like you said, at three twenty, the song's over. Maybe mm-hmm. what you can do, you can build that. Now you can start putting some of that. Jung, 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 jung. You could put a bit of that in there, right? You can just oh, kind of lift it oh, a you're little fan bit. Of the jug, jug. Okay, right. Yeah, right, I think right. it sounds cool. Yeah, the jug, jug. Ugh, fuck, whatever. Take it or leave it. Doesn't it didn't add anything to me? There's, there's, there's okay. Two, two more T-shirts on the way. There's the jug, jug, and the oodle, oodle. But I need to know how to hoodle, spell hoodle, that. Yeah, the hoodle. I need. It's, I know. I, I, how do I spell hoodle? Hoodle is H O O D L A. Repeat. Uh-huh. Hoodla, 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 hoodla. Yeah. Is it four? And jug is, I mean, come on. Just fanatic, man. <laughs> is it Z-H-U-G-G? Is that how we do yeah, it? Yeah, oh, definitely, yeah. And and there is no, there is no, uh, uh, I, I really find the jug jug doesn't really add much to me. And I know it does it for you, but okay. like, especially in, in, in the OG version or the, the pop version, mm-hmm. the one we fucking listen to first, whatever the people want to call it. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't need it. It's not crying for it. it no, doesn't, I, I don't miss it. It doesn't. It doesn't need it. It's unnecessary. I guess so. It's just. I mean, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it sucks or it's. It just. I don't know. Just. Just. Just doesn't need it. I don't. I don't think it's missing anything. And you know, even if they did play real drums on that, that our, mm. our our version we're talking about, I really don't think it would change much. Like I don't think he's gonna be laying a bunch of a bunch of big fills in between here and there. No, of I course mean, he's not. No. So so I don't know. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I do, I do prefer the sound of a real snare and a real kick drum and blah 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 blah. But, yeah, you know, we all know that then, as much as now, we we fix things and replace things and we quantize things, and that's just what they were doing then too. So I don't know, it doesn't bother me. There you go. I've been, we're beating the dead horse. I've been summarily dressed down. That's what's just happened. <laughs> I've been <laughs> you I've been, all not. my you have not you all, fucking all, drama all queen. my ideas ripped apart by someone who's far more knowledgeable and intelligently and articulate about music. So thanks. This that's why I do this with you, Randy, because I want you to tell me when I'm fucking wrong. So <laughs> you fucking son to, of a bitch. <laughs> I'm gonna give you an emergency question because I think the conversation has started flagging because I'm not right anymore. And that's my cue to, to do actually the emergency questions. <laughs> Have I got the up hand? No. Well, let's just derail this whole fucking thing and take it down to base level. Okay, so here's your question, Randy. If you had to have sex with an animal, if you had to, what animal would you have sex with if you had to? And you had to. It's all about if you had to. A female human. No, it doesn't count. Different species. That's an animal. Different species. That's an animal. Different species. It's, the human is definitely an animal. What are we saying? It's a peewee human. human. I know you are. I know you are. I know you are. Infinity. Yeah. Well, you told you said a, an animal. Okay. A human. If you had to is an animal. I'm going to rephrase the, the question. Of the species. No. If no. you had to have sex with an animal other than human, what animal would you have sex with? 
not answering that, Kevin. Do you remember Bob Mortimer's That's answer? Loaded. No, but I'm sure it was very clever. I, I think it was Bob Mortimer. It was someone who said they would with an owl because they could turn their head all the way around and maintain eye contact. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> First of all, I'd want something without claws. That's the, that's a, that's a write-off straight away, right? I'd want something without a, a, a beak, like a goose is out, because that's going to be a bit biting a bit, you know. In the, I want something passive. I don't know. I don't know. I think like maybe like a, a sloth. No, they've got claws. They've got big sharp claws. They can strike. I... <laughs> this is the way this podcast should go. I don't think we should be talking about bestiality on a Queen podcast. Hey, thanks for sticking with it. Honestly, it wouldn't be the same without you. I mean, we'd still carry on this meaningless exercise ad nauseum, but you validate our ridiculous opinions, and for that, we thank you. If Randy were to title this episode, he'd probably call it I Hate Real Drums, and I Wish Roger Taylor Was Never in Queen. I think that's a little harsh, but hey, the Cardinal is away, so the Mises, they will jolly well play. Come back next week when we'll be talking a whole lot more nonsense about another song from this absolutely amazing band. Brand new angle, highly commendable. Seaside Park Review. Seaside Park Review. Give us a kiss, Kevin. Seaside Park Review. I'm just a musical prostitute, my dear.